Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Remote Control, the Variety's TV podcast. I'm Deborah Birnbaum. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with Dylan McDermott, who's showing off his comedy chops in Fox's new series, L.A. to Vegas. Stay tuned. I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and it's my pleasure to welcome Dylan McDermott. Thank you. Nice to be here. And we've also got Otis, his dog. Otis. <laughs> Shout out for Otis. He's my emotional support animal. Let's not forget that. I tell <laughs> him all the time, you're my emotional support animal. You have to support me. Whatever it takes to get through this podcast. That's anything. So congratulations on LA to Vegas. Thank you. What made you sign on for it? You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, as an actor, you're always... I was always keenly aware that, you know, you have these little pockets of time where things are going well. You have your heyday, hopefully, and then that drops off, and then you do a few projects that don't work, and then maybe you get another roll of dice, and you maybe get a little bit of a spark, and that goes away. So there's always these ebbs and flows now, over 30 years of me doing this. But I was always aware, I think I said when I was a young actor, I said, you know, being an actor is like a, being a, a walking milk carton. We all have expiration dates, right? Right. So I've always been aware of my expiration date in terms of being an actor. Like, it always, always in the forefront of my mind. How do you sustain over all this time? People get, people get sick of you. You get discarded. We're in a disposable, you know, uh, career where new actors come up all the time and you're forgotten. So, you know, one day I woke up and I was in that place. I was yeah. like, yep. I was like, you know what? Heaven I forbid. Feel it. Yeah, you feel it. You feel it. It's like it's palpable. It slips mm-hmm. out of your hands. You know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a china plate that drops mm-hmm. and you can't put it back together. And I was like, you know what? Now I got to I got to really dig deep. I got to figure out what am I going to do differently? And then I remembered, because I was thinking, okay, when's the best, what's, what's the best time I ever had? And it was doing comedy, clearly, you know, mm-hmm. working, uh, hosting Saturday Night Live, um, doing the campaign with Will Ferrell and, and Zach Galifianakis and directed by Jay Roach. Laugh all day long. Right. I said, that's what I want. And I remember, because I did stand-up when I was a kid in New York, it, you know, Sunday nights, Catch a Rising Star. I had my own show at the Bitter End called The Cuckoo Heads. Um, I got thrown out of the comedy cellar. And I was like, you know what? I, that shit was the funniest, best time. I loved it. So I said, I said to my agents, let me read everything. They said, half hours too? I said, yeah. And all of a sudden, I read LA to Vegas. And I was like, 
oh my God, this is it, Captain Dave. I am Captain Dave. And immediately my mustache started to grow spontaneously. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. I emailed the producer, Chris Henchy. I said, I want to do this. I knew immediately. It's like, it was just, it just dropped out of the sky. But there was a lot of thought that went into that before mm-hmm. that I knew I had to change because I could have just, you know, done a, a, another drama right. that came and went mm-hmm. and made money and not made impact. And I didn't want that. I wanted something that was going to be different and I wanted to change and I wanted people to see me in a completely different light. And I knew I had this in me, um, but now it was time. Did you have to convince the producers that you could do comedy? Absolutely. I had to convince everybody. Wow. Yeah, because nobody, I mean, nobody looked at me and said, oh, yeah, he's funny. He's, he was so funny on The Practice. He was so funny on American Horror Story. <laughs> yes. No, nobody did that. Huge so, comedy hits. Yeah, so I knew that, you know, Fox was like, uh, are you sure? Uh, you know, everybody was in the same boat. But the good news was Will Ferrell knew I was funny. He knew it in 1999 when I hosted Saturday Night Live. He knew it in the campaign. Chris Henchy, the producer of the show, knew it. Um, so I had them in my back pocket. Um, I'd done the, 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 the table read for um, Step Brothers, which I was offered but couldn't do. So Judd Apatow was there, and Owen Burke, who, who runs uh, Will's Fer- uh, Will Farrow's company, TV company, was there. Everybody that was there knew that I could be funny. And now I just needed that chance. So... Everybody was a little nervous mm-hmm. first day of shooting, but I knew exactly who the fuck Captain Dave was. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I have, I got this guy. I know exactly who it was. So the character was already lived in mm-hmm. by the time I arrived, and they were just like, oh shit, this is it. So who is Captain Dave? Wow, he's mm-hmm. so many people, but Captain Dave is the the freest part of Dylan. I was driving home the other day, and I was like, I was after work, and I was like. I had just finished a whole day of, of being Captain Dave, and I got in the car. I was dealing with me and Otis driving, and I was like, damn, I think I want to be Captain Dave a little bit longer today. <laughs> I don't want to be Dylan yet. <laughs> because he has, you know, I, I forget where I saw it. The other night I saw this thing about, you know, we're all worried. Everybody's worried. As people, we walk around, most of the time we're worried. We're worried about finances and romance and health and everything. Captain Dave takes all the worry away. <laughs> yes, he does. You know what I mean? Because Captain Dave's not worried. He's, there's, a, there's a freedom to him that I wish I had. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the viewer is going to experience is that you know, we can finally just let go and be free for, for 22 minutes. And that's what he supplies in the world. That's what he supplies for me. So hopefully as an audience member, he does that for you. Let's explain the premise of L.A. to Vegas. How would you summarize it? Well, sadly, people call it a a workplace comedy. (laughs) Which always makes me laugh. It's like, what the hell is that? (laughs) A workplace, you know, 30,000 feet in the air. You know, it's it's an absurd comedy about the airlines. You know, it's about this, this, this little culture of people who travel from L.A. to Vegas and uh, the flight attendants and the, the passengers and the pilots and what happens from L.A. to Vegas. You know, you start very optimistic mm-hmm. when you get on the plane from L.A. to Vegas. And by the time you've done Vegas, you come back very pessimistic. So there, it's just this little culture of, of absurdity of these people and their problems and their life and, and, and this, 
this beautiful friendship they all have with each other. You know, there's, I always tell the writers, excuse me, I always tell the writers, you can be as funny as you want, you can be absurd as you want, but I always want Captain Dave to have heart. I want him to, I want, to, I want him to show his heart when, when possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like that he's a, he's a good guy. He's, there's an innocence about him that I love, you know, because we all lose our innocence somewhere along this, this, our travels in life. But Captain Dave has been able to keep it only because, you know, he's, he's I, this is my theory about him. This is how I began my investigation of Captain Dave, that we all get caught in a decade. <laughs> that decade when everything was great. Right. And we wear the same clothes from that decade. And we wear the same shoes. And we can't let go of stuff. And we were our happiest. And we looked our best. And that's where Captain Dave is. Same he's, facial hair. <laughs> everything. Yeah, he can't. Get out of it. He's stuck. He's stuck in a time warp. And I thought, that's where I want to begin. You know, so that's, that's why he's, he kept his innocence, too, because he never watched the news. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's going on. Was the mustache written into the script? No. No, nobody wanted the mustache. But I thought I was, I insisted on the mustache because, I wa- again, I didn't want... I didn't want to be Dylan. I didn't want people to look at me the same way. I wanted people to look at me. I wanted him to be odd and different and weird and bizarre and wrong. You know, and people always say, well, you know, like my sister will say, oh, you know, you're so handsome, but I, I just hate that mustache. Can you just shave it off? And I'm like, no. You see, that's the character. I don't want him to be. I want him to be, you know, wrong. There's a wrongness about Captain Dave that I love. We were just in Vegas the other night and... I was playing craps in my uniform. I went down there in my uniform as Captain Dave. <laughs> of course. Yes. And I was playing craps at the table. And I ran the dice for like half hour straight as Captain Dave. And people were chanting, Captain Dave, Captain <laughs> Dave. Captain. <laughs> and it was the greatest. It was the greatest moment. because That's that was such a his, Captain Dave moment. It was. And he was, he was winning. Mm-hmm. He was winning. And the, the fact that people that weren't even on the show were chanting Captain Dave, it was like, oh, yeah, this is right. It's amazing. <laughs> Captain Dave also gets some pretty great lines. Are those ad-libbed? Do you get a chance to be creative, or is it just straight from the script? It's, it's all of the above. You know, I always ask, because the writing is very good, um, but I always ask for one for myself, and then I'll just like, you know, a good day for me is when I've made myself laugh, and so I'll just come up with something, and either it stays, it doesn't go. I don't, you know, it's funny, because nowadays it's not like I'm, I don't, all the all the happiness or joy I get from acting is just in the moment. Like it's a, it's I'll watch it, I won't watch it. I don't. It doesn't matter to me anymore. It's all about that moment of when I'm doing it, and then I'm like, this is great. I love that moment. Whatever it ends up on film or it doesn't or whatever, it doesn't matter. It just matters that moment. And that took a long time to learn because mm-hmm. it was always about the results. It was always about oh, I want to make sure it's there or you know what does this look like or what. All that stuff is gone now. It's just about, and that's the that's the freedom of Captain Dave, is that he's given me that freedom where I, I don't give a shit. It's like it's I'm, it's a, it's the greatest thing when you don't care. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando said that so many years ago about acting. He said you just you can't care about it, and uh, he was absolutely right. You know, you can take obviously he took it to the extreme, but you know <laughs> yes. when you don't care about it, you're free. When you care about it, then you're it's tight. So how does this come? How does this TV experience compare to other shows that you've done? Is it is it everything that you hope for in terms of it being a comedy? Oh my God! Yeah. Well, first of all, I get to laugh all day long. 
I'm 15 minutes from my house. Um, they feed me and they pay me. Sounds I mean, pretty good. What's, what's better than that? <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing that's great about the show, too, is like and we were talking about this earlier, that everyone can relate to it. I mean, a lot of the jokes just have to deal with the indignity of airplane travel. I mean, completely. I mean, it's just it's it's so horrible each and every time. It doesn't get any better. So I think that people, when they watch the show, are going to sit back and, and, and laugh because it's hard on everybody. It doesn't matter what class you're flying in. You know, it's, 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 it's horrible all the time, you know, and it, it's not getting better. And it's also pretty, the comedy itself is pretty equal opportunity. Everyone's ripe to be made fun of. That's right. Yeah. And in a good-hearted way. I think so. Yeah, it's not mean-spirited. It's just, it's fun because everybody's so flawed. You know, everybody's like in the struggle. And that's what's great about the show. You know, it's just like, it's, there's, there's a, there's a real struggle of, you know, everybody's in a different place in, in, in terms of their consciousness, and uh, but there's, a, there's there's what I like about the show is there's a there's a there's a funny optimism about it. You know what I mean? That we're all in this, we're all struggling through this this strange little world that we live in. You know, that's so temporary. Have you ever taken that LA to Vegas flight? Oh yeah. And how real is this? Does it capture that spirit? I mean, this is obviously the most extreme, of absurd, <laughs> crazy version. Of, but we you know we did it the other day, mm-hmm. where I made the uh, the announcements on the plane as Captain Dave. <laughs> all the press was there, and all the influencers, and they all we got on this plane, and we showed an episode, and and uh, you know we gambled and had fun in Vegas. So you know we we captured the spirit a little bit, and I thought it was great. One of the great parts of the spirit is what happens in the third episode where someone named Dermot Mulroney shows up. That's right. <laughs> Pretty hilarious. Amazing. Yeah, they called me and said, would you mind having Dermot? I was like, are you crazy? I've been trying to do this for, for 30 years. So it was just so great to have him on because the confusion is so real between he and I for so many years that, you know, that it's, it became a joke. It was on Saturday Night Live. Right. They did a skit about it. So um, the fact that, you know, we could poke fun at ourselves and finally be on screen together and um, create more confusion, I think, is, is perfect. Have you talked to him about the confusion? What does he think about this whole sort of oh, meme yeah. that's existed for too long? No, we both have, because it's been since we were both in our 20s. You know, now we're both in our 50s, and it's still going on. And uh, people have confused us forever. And, uh, you know, at times it was really frustrating, and at times it was annoying. And then, then we... we we finally arrived at the place where now it's Zen, you know, through all the struggle and all the, the horribleness of the name, mm-hmm. we finally arrived at a place where it was like we embraced each other. And, it was, you know, it was, it was really a metaphor in many ways for, you know, struggle. And, and now, now we're friends. So cool. It's got a happy ending. It really, it really has. Um, so do you have a favorite moment, a favorite line from the series so far? I still think, you know, the Muay Thai moment for me uh, when I come out of the cockpit and um, I start to do my exercises and then all that was me. You know, I, I said, oh, let me let me try something. Mm-hmm. And I did all that. And I had this uh, this vision, you know, this because that's Captain Dave. Again, it's inappropriate where it's he's he jumps up on the seat and he gets you into a headlock, but it's far too close to the crotch. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> that's Captain Dave in a nutshell. So, you know, I thought that was perfect for him because he means, he always means well, Mm -hmm. but he always messes it up. So close. (laughs) (laughs) 
How do you keep a straight face through all of this? I don't. A lot of times I laugh. You know, most of the time I'm just like, you know, you're just cracking up. It just, you know, there, there's so many takes of like, you know, where you just start to laugh and you have to do it again. So that's the best part. That's the best part of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start to laugh. There was another. There was a. There was a, a, a ventriloquist and a dummy on the set the other day, and I was like, oh man, this is so great. This is like. This is my happy place. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, is that your is that your dummy? He was like, no, it's props. I was like, oh, yes. I could finally have, you know, that moment. <laughs> I said, how does it work? <laughs> you just got to go behind his back and you could, he's op- you know, he presses lips and his mouth opens. I was like, yes. Amazing. <laughs> I'm not done with him yet. <laughs> I'm, sure we'll I'm going back for more. He'll be back. It's the greatest thing ever. How far can they push it? Is there any line that they won't cross? I don't think so. I mean, this is the type of show that really could be on air for as long as they want it to be on air. As long as Disney wants it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A little corporate humor. Yes. They can, uh, you know, you can, there's just every week. The great thing is there's different passengers all the time. You know, it's like Love Boat in the Sky. Mm-hmm. So you can go as far as you want, as long as the writing's there. And we stay together. It's like, sky's the limit. Pun intended. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) How much does it owe its inspiration to Airplane and all those movies? Yeah, I think there's some in there, you know, for sure. I mean, Leslie Nielsen, so great. Um, Just the the idea of the airplane. Because you notice when people get on an airplane, they lose their minds. (laughs) They don't know if it's the altitude or the oxygen. (laughs) Things happen. (laughs) Things happen up there that don't seem to happen on the ground as much. You know, so just that in itself is a show. Um, so I think that Airplane and, and uh, all these sort of like goofy, you know, PG-13 movies, there's something in this show that reminds me of that. You know, there's a goofiness to it, which I love. And that's what gives it its heart also. Yeah, yeah. At this point in your career, do you prefer TV or film or just like being able to bounce back and forth between both? I don't, you know, the thing about movies is I don't know what they are anymore. You know, there was a time when I first came up where movies were everything. And now they've, I don't know what they are anymore. They're just, it's a, it's a, it's a comic book. You know, it's like, I, I was like looking for an adult movie the other day. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, there's just like, it's so hard for adults, mm-hmm. you know, just to find a movie that has some resonance and some depth to it. And so I'm not quite sure where movies are going, you know. It's it's all changed. Everything's, you know, when I first started, when I first went to TV, it was like a sign that, oh, man, your career was in trouble. But I saw the trend in the 90s. I was like, you know what? TV is going to be the place because the writing is better. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, oh, David Kelly, he can, he can write. And so then soon afterwards, you know, everybody went to television and because that's where the writing is. And now movies are... It's a struggle to you do an independent movie. I just did two independent movies, and you don't know where they end up. Mm-hmm. You know, they sort of like go away. If it's not like a home run, if it's not a moonlight. It's they just go away. So I'm not quite sure what the the future is of movies. You know, um, besides the tentpole movies. You know. Mm-hmm. And how have you seen TV change throughout your career of doing so many series? Well, now, you know, now it keeps changing, right? Mm-hmm. Now everything, at, in five years' time, everything will be streaming. Everything. 
there will be no more live. There'll be news and there'll be sports, but I think you know eventually everything's going to be streaming. Um, I think that's where it's all going. So now that's really changed. It's amazing how quickly that happened. I know. I mean, Netflix changed the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to it's hard to compete. I think that's why you know Disney bought Fox. Is everybody's trying to compete with Netflix um, because that they 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 did see the future or they created the future with streaming. So now everybody's trying to catch up. We've got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Do you have a favorite role you've played? I've had a few. You know, I think Always Your First, uh, Hamburger Hill was my first movie. And I think that was, um, that always stays near and dear to me uh, because it was the first, because it was a a movie about something very important. I think, uh, you know, you have like, I think In the Line of Fire was like my first, you know, with a, with a, an icon with Clint Eastwood acting with him. I think the practice many years of doing that. Uh, Wonderland, I really enjoyed creating a character. I like to play characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always done the leading man kind of thing. But I've always enjoyed character work more because there's more of a freedom to it. So now L.A. to Vegas allows me to have that character so I can create something outside myself but still use myself. So I love that about character work. Much different. I know Ryan Murphy likes to recycle characters on American Horror Story. Any chance we'll see you back? Yeah, we've been trying to figure it out. Um, uh, I would love to go back. I love working with Ryan, you know, um, trying to figure out what, now that I'm busy with this, you know, how many seasons is that going to go? And maybe maybe the last season, you know, Connie and I come back and do something, you know, just to sort of like bookend it. That would be perfect. Yeah, I think so. And in this era of reboots and revivals, is there any project you've worked on that you would like to see a reunion for? Oh. Or you could imagine yourself doing? Sure. Uh, I would love to do the remake of Shampoo. That'd be great. Yes. (laughs) Love that movie. Hal Ashby, my favorite director. He was able to do everything. You know, uh, from being there to, to shampoo, you know, just like, uh, so yeah, I think that would be a, a, a great remake of a movie, you know. I like to stay with the lighter stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sort of like, a, I've sort of done all the darker stuff I want to do for a while. Now I want to just concentrate on uh, comedy and lighter stuff. Would you ever do stand-up again? Sure. I mean, that's the greatest. When I told you like before, when I got thrown out of the comedy cellar, there was no, when I look back on it, you know, which was like 30-something years ago now, to be physically pulled off the stage for not being funny. Is that why you were thrown yeah. out? Wow. That's the greatest thing that ever happened. Oh, my God. Because once that happened... You were not traumatized? Oh, I was. <laughs> but, but then you got through it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like any trauma. You, you get through it, and then you're stronger. And so the fact that they threw me off for that um, now gave me just tremendous freedom because that, that's the bottom. You know, when you go to the bottom, you're free. It's like, you know, bottoming out on anything. And then you're like, okay, now i got to climb back up. So, um, but that experience for comedy, now, now I can be like, okay, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? They've already thrown me, they physically came up and took me off stage. Oh, my God. So, what, are they going to do it again? <laughs> right. <laughs> sure, I would love to do it. You know, I just saw Judd Apatow do it the other night. He hadn't done it for, or it was like the first time he had 
mm-hmm. really done it, and he was so happy to do it, and it was great to see him up there. So, yeah, I would love to do it. It's fun. I mean, it's the most exciting, most dangerous thing you can do, certainly. So coming soon to Netflix, a Dylan McDermott right. comedy special. With Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think of a more perfect note to end on. Thank, Thank you so much. It's been Thank great. Thank you, absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with Darren Chris, who plays Andrew Cunanan in American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. See you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.